For my days have been consumed in smoke, and my bones have been scorched like a hearth. My heart has been smitten like grass and has withered away. Indeed, I forgot to eat my bread. Something's going on here that's so bad, this guy has forgotten to eat. Now, nothing like that has ever happened to me, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's happening to the psalmist. Because of the loudness of my groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. Now, here's really the, the insight into this remarkable psalm. I resemble a pelican in the wilderness. The word there, wilderness, is a reference to the desert. Now, I don't know, about, you know much about birds, but I know pelicans don't belong in the desert. They belong in the water. In the water. I'm like a pelican in the desert. I've become like an owl in the waste places. I lie awake. I have become like a lonely bird on a housetop. Now, you're able to read the rest of this, I assume, so I'll uh, not go into that and jump down to verse 24. I say, O my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. The years are throughout all, thy years are throughout all generations. Of old, Thou didst found the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. Even they will perish, but thou dost endure, and all of them will wear out like a garment, like clothing. Thou will change them, and they will be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years will not come to an end. The children of thy servants will continue and their descendants will be established before thee. It's the psalm of a lonely man, like an owl in the wasteland, like a lonely bird on a housetop, graphic words, like a pelican in the desert, is this man. This is the song of a lonely man. A number of years ago, a man uh, by the name of Neil, Neil Diamond came out with a song entitled, Song Sung Blue. Um, Weeping like a willow, crying on my pillow. It was a song sung blue. This is a song sung blue. Not all songs are happy songs. Something happened to me while I was on a trip this summer to Scotland. I've been dying to tell it. And it doesn't fit in, but it fits in today. The sun comes up in, in Scotland in the 1st of June about 4.30 in the morning, goes down about 10.30 at night. And I woke up early one morning to the sound of a bird singing out, outside of our hotel in a little city near Inverness, Scotland. That's up in the Highlands. And I realized immediately it was a mockingbird. Now, uh, you know, I didn't know you had any mockingbirds in anywhere but Oklahoma, but it was a mockingbird. Now, even though a mockingbird sings, you know, several tunes, you're familiar with the tunes of a mockingbird, aren't you? And all of a sudden it dawned on me, I didn't recognize any of the tunes. <laughs> and this mockingbird uh, in Scotland was singing, a to singing totally different tunes than the mockingbirds in Oklahoma. Thought I'd let you know that, those of you who are interested in birds. And it's obvious the reason why is because if they mock other birds, 
There ain't no Oklahoma birds in Scotland to mock, you know, so they got, they got to mock another tune. And, and the tune this mockingbird was singing was a tune, tunes, plural, I had never heard before. You never know what you're going to hear when you, when you come on Sunday night. <laughs> now, this is a tune that most of us are familiar with. It's song sung blue. A young pastor stopped by to visit one of the elder, elder members of his church. And she was going over the sad plight of her life, and it was sad. She lived alone for several years, and she was lonely. And he was going, you know, like preachers do, he was going, I, yes, ma'am, I, I understand, I understand. And finally, when she got enough of that, she said, no, you don't understand. You don't know what it means to be old and lonely. And she was only half right because the aged don't have a corner on loneliness. There's not many people who pass through this life that don't at least pass through temporary periods of loneliness. I'm speaking tonight to people who know the song sung blue. You know its tune. You know its words. Now I want to, before I get into the text and over into 2 Timothy, I want to dispel some myths about loneliness. And I want you to jot these down. First myth, it is impossible to experience loneliness if I have people around me. Some of the loneliest people in the world are people that are surrounded by others or with others. And some people can live in absolute solitude for months and months and never feel lonely. And you can cram your schedule full of busyness and activity and it will not be a guarantee of immunity against loneliness. As a matter of fact, I have a feeling that the reason why we're always so busy is because we're trying to ward off the encroachment of loneliness. Second myth. There is a connection between loneliness and my surroundings. It is not related to place. Now, boredom sometimes can be misunderstood for loneliness, and certainly boredom can be related to where you are at a certain time. But loneliness is not the result of where you live. A young wife was transferred with her husband to the top of the world. He was in the service, and she lived with him there in this lonely outpost for several months, and finally she said, I've got to go home. I can't stand it here. She was from the city. So she wrote her father and asked him for money to come home back to the city, leave her husband in this lonely outpost. He wrote her back this, this telegram. He sent her back this telegram. Two men were in prison. One looked out and saw the stars. The other looked out and saw the bars. It doesn't matter where you live, there is no connection between where you are geographically and loneliness. Third myth, I never choose to be lonely. I'm lonely, but I haven't chosen it. Let me tell you something. Let me clue you in on a secret. Some people who are fearful of love will keep others at a distance from them, therefore lonely. I'm thinking tonight of a young person whose father died when she was a child and they had a close relationship. She went through the trauma of that 
Then her mother remarried and her stepfather, she got very close to him and one day he walked out. She never saw him again. The result is, is that she has learned this way to cope with life, is whenever she senses someone drawing near her to love her, she does things to keep that person at a distance, at arm's distance. Some people will choose to be lonely rather than to run the risk of love. Fifth myth, or, or fourth, Loneliness and aloneness are the same thing. Now this is closely related to myth number one, but it is possible for you to be alone and not to be lonely. And number five, I feel lonely at certain times of the year. That's a myth. Now there's a difference between melancholy, nostalgia, and loneliness. And loneliness is not associated with a certain time of the year. The second question that comes to mind is, what causes loneliness? What causes it? I think there are several causes of loneliness. One is disappointment or desertion of a cherished friend. Now we're not sure, the scholars are not sure, who wrote this psalm. There's some debate about whether or not David wrote the psalm, sung blue. But we know he could have because he experienced the desertion of a cherished friend and he certainly knew disappointment in life. And if you turn now to the fourth chapter of, of 2 Timothy, there is, this is the cry, this is the song of a lonely man in prison. And he certainly knew desertion and disappointment. And so he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And that word forsaken there means to let me down, disappoint me, leave me in the lurch. Demas has left me in the lurch because he loved this world more than he loved our relationship. The desertion or disappointment of a cherished friend. Second cause. The loss or the absence of a cherished friend. The loss of a, or absence of a cherished friend. Psychologists have what is called separation anxiety. Separation anxiety is this attack, this wave of, of sorrow that comes as the result of a physical separation from some time, place, or person or people that we have loved and cherished, it is anything at all to which we have been closely attached. I mean, his father died. Two months later, his mother died. Her death, but I know what killed her. Loneliness. She couldn't live. Anonymous poem writer, a person, wrote a tribute to a woman named Lucy. She dwelt among the untrodden ways, beside were none to praise and very few to love. Fair as a star when only one is shining in the sky. When Lucy ceased to be, but now she's in her ground. What he's saying is, somebody I love, hardly stand it, cause of loneliness. Third, memory of a past conflict. Dwelling on the memory, read verse 11 from chapter 4, 2 Timothy. Are you ready to read that with me? Pick up Mark to me for service. Now the remarkable thing about this is, is that for the story, don't you, 
In case you don't, I want you to turn back to the 12th chapter. It's supposed to be a Bible study, teaching time, the book of Acts. Verses 24, we start at verse 24 and look at that with... But the word of the Lord continued to grow when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, chapter, verse 13, uh, of th- chapter 13. Here's the way it reads. And came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John of a cherished friend, chapter 15, and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return in Bar. And Barnabas was desirous of taking John. They should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia. Agreement that they separated from one another. Loneliness is the result of dwelling on another. Back to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Opposition coming against something I believe in, no more lonely feeling than to be put out there on the island, on the limb. to talk about some of the things that can be done about to reconstruct and some things we need to remember, right? Some things we need to re- There is a sense in which we all are alone. His aloneness, his singleness. Now the Bible, it is determined on the basis of who you are individually. There is a sense in which there are some things that are that old Negro spiritual. That, uh, you got a second thing we need to recognize is that we can life's necessary partings when we understand that we are part and if we can get this down in our gut, in the reality, and we did some of that this afternoon, uh, uh, the darn move-in, healing, awareness, that even though you're separate construct, now I want to try to give you some practical things, so hang on to this. What you experience, make every effort to develop or to act. Now I want you to read with me something interesting in 2 Timothy 4. It's verse 9. I need you. A few years ago, a man be so isolated, so lonely, loved, simply because he chose to be. Manipulating him. His interests, he said, were on gadgets, monies, not loving. A bell's not a bell till you ring it. Number two. Make conscious effort of attitude. I want you to bring Mark because I need him in service. Now a con- make a conscious effort to repair broken relationships. Mind. Lonely people, strengthen your mind. And the books, and the books, beyond the pain, beyond the need, were the parchments were the Hebrew Bible. Was the Hebrew say something? It's not fun just to, you know, <laughs> read a Hebrew Bible. Boring. And it is like tough to do. Get your lexicon, get your Hebrew Bible, and start trying to find out what those words are, you know, and what the endings of them are. And here's Paul who's saying, uh, uh, I, I want you to bring your Hebrew Bible. 
Have you made a friend of Scripture? How many of you are in the practice or in the habit of doing the tough work of getting into the Word? And when a person develops this kind of lifestyle that, that takes the Word and finds in it this joy and this meat, this food, this sustenance, there is no loneliness or grief or pain in life that it cannot be overwhelmed by that joy. And so Tyndall was in prison because he had translated the Bible into, into modern language. And he wrote a friend, Send me for Jesus' sake my, a candle, a warm cap, something to patch my leggings, a woolen shirt, and above all else, the Bible. Now, what he was saying was, I'm ready to face the dungeon without my friends, and I'm willing to face boredom without my library, but I'm not ready to face life without the Scriptures. For when you're up against it, and the chill breath of death is, was over them, great men wanted more than anything else the Word of God to put strength and courage in their souls. Make a friend of the Scripture. Number five, commit yourself to a ministry. Look at verse 15. Be on guard against him yourself, for he vigorously opposed our teaching. He's talking about Alexander the coppersmith. And what Paul is saying is this, I can't do it. This is a part of my life to watch out for the welfare of others. And so he, he's writing them, and, and he's in prison, but he's concerned about what's happening to his friends. He had committed himself to a lifetime of serving other people. You want to know how to get out of your own doldrums? Uh, immerse yourself in the needs of other people. And the longer I live, the more I'm aware of how desperately people need our ministry. Well, things we need to recall, then we're through. I recall that I said we'd be out at eight. So things we need to recall. Uh, there are two things I want to mention. In Psalm 102, at verse 24 and following. First is this, that our relationship with God is permanent. Our relationship with God is permanent. He said, you created everything, it's all going to change. This world that you created is just going to change, it's going to wear out like a garment. How consciously we, we are aware of that. That, you know, I was sitting down thinking uh, this afternoon, uh, 14 years ago this week, I pulled into Durant. There was no, can you believe this, no Walmart, no McDonald's, no, uh, what's this fish place out here, this uh, Long John Silver's, no Long John, no Bank of Southern Oklahoma, nothing over here on Bryan Street, that street that runs up, has all those offices on, none of that was there. Um, no Taco Mayo, no Taco Bell, can you believe it? I mean, 
how did we how did we survive without all this stuff? You know, Walmart. I thought Walmart was everywhere always. I mean, no Walmart. What a change has been wrought in this town. And, 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 and I was observing the other day, you know, the street, I mean, some of the houses are gone. People have come back. I, I talked to a guy, he said, I used to live here 50 years ago. Does anybody remember me? Well, nobody did. <laughs> Real nice, encouraging thought. <laughs> he said, I, I drove all over this town. I couldn't find anything that looked familiar. Everything had changed. Hadn't been back in 50 years. I mean, this whole thing changed. You're changing. Some of you don't have hair anymore. You're changing. But there is one thing that never changes when everything else rolls up like a curtain and fades away like a cloth is that God never changes. He remains the same. And because he remains the same, he's faithful. That's what he's saying, Psalm 102. Now, when I get really down in the doldrums, I need to remind myself of this, that God was there at the beginning, and he'll be there when it's all over, and he'll always remain the same. Some of you are nodding your head up and down, know what I'm talking about. Second thing, the choice of loneliness or not is up to you. You say three things under that, then we're through. Because the choice is up to you, it's always related to the way in which we respond to people and events. You're not going to change the event. You're not going to keep the event from happening. You're not going to keep people from saying what they're going to say about you. And you're not going to keep the, the circumstances from, from occurring that are going to happen to you. But you can control, affect how you respond to them. Second. Because loneliness is always the result of the fact that we build walls instead of bridges. We need to start tearing down some walls and building some bridges, both to God and to others. The choice is ours. And the choice is yours to accept the responsibility of your own loneliness. The reason why you're lonely is not because of what somebody's done to you. That's the final bottom line. It's because you've chosen to, to be affected by it. Let's pray together. Our Father, I pray that in this word of comfort and encouragement we might rest and abide and put our anchor down, stand upon it. For I ask it in Christ's name. There are three invitations tonight. One invitation is for those of us who've never accepted Christ never placed our faith in the Lord Jesus. I talk, to, I talk to you every day, those of us in this world who have never claimed Christ. Would you like to do that tonight? Trusting in Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Perhaps to come and place your life in the fellowship, the discipline of a church. The responsibility that comes in interaction and dialogue. Or maybe you need to come tonight to Recommit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. While we stand and sing, I invite you to come.